Hello, and welcome to a new episode of The Heart's Cry. I'm Tiffany, your co-host. This is a special episode where three ladies are in three different stages of attending to family members with critical health issues. Tish, my co-host, father recently passed away from health problems. Our guest, Leslie, has experienced a serious and sudden health issue, and her father is currently in the hospital with a critical condition. At the time of this recording, my sister was in the hospital with complications from cancer. She would die three days later. This is an episode of resilience, hope, and three women of faith encouraging, leaning on, and strengthening each other. So join us as we walk through this journey of vulnerability, hope, and faith. Well, welcome, Leslie. And welcome everyone to the Hearts Cry podcast. We are back with another episode. In this episode, we're speaking with Leslie Phillips. So Leslie, we, um, we're members of the same church, Mount Pleasant, and you have a story to tell. And we've heard some of it, but we want to hear it from you and as you share your story you know we're just going to dive into it and ask you some some questions and you just can share your heart and wherever however God leads you to share so you know the floor is yours all right so um this infamous story to tell is um back in 2016 my um I had full respiratory failure so my lungs fully collapsed um I had two little small, well, I wouldn't say small because when you're dealing with your respiratory, it's not small, but um, I had two other incidents prior, but this one was kind of a big whammy. Um, it snuck up on us essentially because I, um, in my normal life, I'm pretty much active. So you would never really know, like if you were to look at me now and I told you what happened, you'd be like, no, they never did happen. So essentially what happened was I taught, at that time I was teaching Zumba. So I was teaching a Zumba class like the day before that night, we had a really big class. And then, then it was 4th of July weekend and my parents were down in Memphis at the family reunion and I just didn't go that year. And I decided, my dad usually cuts my grass for me. So I was like, I'm gonna do it myself. So I was super proud. And like I said, it's just normal weekend. Didn't, I wasn't feeling sick or anything. And then I did the, I cut the grass. Um, I went out with some friends for um, the 4th of July party. And then out of nowhere, I just started feeling like I couldn't really breathe. Um, and it felt like there was a bag over my head, essentially. So I left the party. I told my friends, I was like, I'm going to go home because I was just, I wasn't really feeling it because I'm like, I can't breathe. You can't really have fun if you can't breathe. So I was like, well, it's on my way home. I think my anxiety started to rise. So I started to panic. So I went to um, the closest hospital, which was Inova Fairfax, and just got in the parking lot. But by that point, the anxiety had completely taken over. So at that point, I couldn't breathe, breathing very heavily. And then I, so I called and I told them that I was in the parking lot to see if like they could send someone out. But they told me I had to call 911, um, which was fairly easy because I'm at the hospital in the parking lot. So the last thing that I remember that day was I did text my friends. I did share my location with one of my friends so they could at least track it back. Um, two of my others, they were still at the party, so they didn't see the text until like later. Um, and then 
All I remember was seeing a security guard saying like, she's over there. And then it went dark. Like I just, it just went completely dark. Like that's it. So that happened and it wasn't until nine days later I woke up. So it was like, I was out. Um, they ended up having to perform. my pay- So they called my mom. They had to kind of do the whole Jerry rigged break into my phone using my finger because no one had my password. But now they have my password now. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Okay. Wow. Um, so did was your experience, your medical you know, um, experience, was it ever considered life-threatening, like life or death? Did it? Okay. Yes. So from what I was told, they told um, my mom that if they, they it seemed like they had a certain window where they had to perform the procedure. Um, And if they didn't perform it within that certain window, I would have passed through the night. Um, And so essentially my parents, they took the first flight back um, and they had to perform, they tried a various different types of procedures to try to get air back into me, but it just, nothing was really working. And this part I'm only telling you because this is what was told to me because I was completely out at this point. Um, So essentially they performed a procedure called ECMO, which they um, essentially, it's like your, the machine is like your lawn and they don't usually use it for asthma patients. So there was one other person in the hospital that they used it on before for asthma. And then there was me. And then also with that being said, it was just one of those things to where it's not, um, I went, I happened to go to the only one of the two hospitals that I could actually perform the procedure. So I was in the right place. So um, in the right place, I guess the right time, because the person who had the um, suggestion was actually at the hospital that day. Um, And again, like I said, it's a holiday weekend. So holiday weekends in hospitals is kind of hit or miss. You just really never know. Um, so then after that, um, trying to think from what I can remember, I know my mom, she never left the room. And then my dad, he kind of, they both were by my side. Um, friends were in and out. The one thing I was telling my mom after, um, I woke, what's odd, what's interesting is I woke up on her birthday. Mm. So the first thing, so I was intubated. So they had a tube and everything and they took that out. And the first thing I told her was happy birthday. Like when I woke up and she was just like, wait, how do you remember? And I told her, she told one of the nurses, but she said she didn't tell anybody. But while I was under, I, there were different things that I remember. I was supposed to go to crop over with my friends later on that month. And I thought we went like when I was under having a blast, full blown party. (laughs) Wow. And like some of the girls were there. And then I remember being like, and I was like, I'm the carnival queen, crop over queen, like, I don't know where I was, but I really thought we went to crop over. And then when we found, I remember a circle of people around me. And my mom told me that's when pastor and family and friends were around praying. So I do remember that, but I just couldn't, it was in a different space. Yeah. So when you found out how sick you were, what, what went through your mind? Um, wow. That was like the first, (laughs) because I'm one of those people, like I'm emotional, but not overly emotional. So sometimes people don't know if I'm hurting or not, because I'm always like, okay. So it's not that I didn't take it. I took it lightly. I was just like, it's a shock Mm -hmm. because you're just like, you're seeing 
where you're like perfectly functioning one day and then you're completely down the next. So it definitely caught me by like surprise where I was like, wow. And you don't think it can happen to you, but it can happen to anyone. So that's one of those things where you're just like, definitely have to live life to the fullest and do the things that make you happy and bring you joy because you just really truly never know. And with, and piggybacking on that, with what happened, did they say why they think it happened? So we're not really completely sure because I do, out of some of that, it said I had asthma. So we did have to go get like allergy tests and I had to go get tested. Um, oddly enough, it says I'm allergic to cats, but have a cat. Anywhere. <laughs> 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 And then allergy to him, he's like right under here right now. So, but no, but, and then grass. So I was allergic to grass. So now since that, I have not cut my own grass since then. I have someone now that comes and cuts it for me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't play with the grass thing. So I'm, yeah. and I don't know if it was just a combination of, because before I was having various attacks where I felt like my lungs were kind of like very tight. So I don't know if it was the grass itself or was it just a build up to where it was going to eventually kind of just happen? Okay. Wow. So what happened when you woke up? Cause you said that you said happy birthday, but it had to be like a process where you discovered, okay, something's wrong. And then, and then something else. Is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because when you said when you were, um, sleeping, I say sleeping, um, you were doing your thing, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> But then you wake up and it's like, wait, like Tiffany said, what's going on? Yeah, I was definitely confused. If I said happy birthday. And then I also was like, what season is it? Because it's like everyone's bundled up. Gotcha. And then at that point, they kind of explained a little bit of what had happened. So I still was like, wow. And I was still very out of it. Like I was still very heavily medicated at that time too. So I kind of was like comprehending what was going on. But at the same time, I'm just like, Enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I came out of that on her birthday and I was in the hospital for the majority of the summer, but then we kind of ran into another, another twist, plot twist um, with them being so concerned. We're trying to get my lungs and everything inflated again. I ended up getting drop foot, which is essentially where your feet don't dorsiflex up. So I had to, so I couldn't walk. So I came in with one thing, kind of had another happen, but it was just, they were focused on something else. So another thing kind of like transpired in the process. So with that, um, they, I ended up having to go to rehab. And I remember um, telling my mom, actually, let me backtrack just a little bit. So after that, I got the drop foot. They put me on another floor, which, which was like, I think I was in like the presidential suite of the hospital. Like it was the nicest room. It had like my own room. And then outside of it, it had a couch area too. So I had like a whole corner suite um, and that was, and then the one thing I can say, like, since I was there so long, I was confused on the seasons because they had to keep the rooms really cold. And my mom was always bundled up. So I'm like, how long have we been here? So, and then it's, I will admit it started to get a little depressing because they took off, like, you know, when they tell you, or oh, you're going to go home on this date, they erased it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm never going home. I'm like, I don't know where this, I can't walk. I'm like, I didn't know really what the next steps were. Cause I was just like, there's no date here. So, 
So what do we do? So they finally got everything together to where I could, um, you know, breathe on my own and everything. Um, since I was intubated, my voice was super raspy. So I sounded like a mix between Minnie Mouse and Dark Vader. Like it was really raspy at one point. So I didn't really like talking because I was like, I sound like a, a character. So I just kind of got through that piece. But the part that really was the hardest was not seeing the date of when I was going to leave. Because I was like, okay. How long were and, you there? Um, I was there July for pretty much a month. So when you when they found that the thing happened with your feet, where were you in the process of the the respiratory issue? We were still very much in the midst of the respiratory. It wasn't until I think one of the nurses came in and just did a check and they were asking, like, did someone kind of look at her feet? And then she was like, oh, I think she has dropped foot. So then that's when they kind of started looking in that direction. But I don't think I at that time goes back to how I kind of process things. I don't think I fully processed what that meant. Mm -hmm. Like the whole no walking. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be fine. Like I just, it doesn't, it didn't really mm -hmm. process. So when did it process? When they took that date off? Is that when? Um, when you're saying when they, when did it process? The go home date. Yeah. Was that when? Yeah. That's when I kind of was like, I can admit, I started counting the tiles on the ceiling because I was just like, I don't know what else to do. I didn't have my phone or anything. I didn't have any electronics, which honestly was extremely peaceful oh. to like not be connected. It wasn't until I got my phone back because like I kind of just went dark. So then I had all these messages and then I just felt the anxiety coming back. Yeah. But it was kind of peaceful to not be connected at all. But it wasn't, yeah, when they took the date off, because we had a date and it kind of just kept moving, but then it was gone. And I was just like, so I'm not going home. And then also they had to keep my, due to some of the medicine, the lining in my stomach was so bad. So I wasn't holding food down either to the point to where the chef at the hospital had to ask if something was wrong with the cooking. And I was like, no, I just can't eat it. Like I would eat it and then it would just immediately come up because the line, it was too hard to swallow because there was no lining or the lining was really thin so it would, it would burn mm -hmm. so it was like a lot of different things happening at one time mm -hmm. but and you were sorry go ahead tiffany but you weren't processing no i kind of was still like okay but like i said it was mainly when the date got taken off because i didn't know when it because i know i'm a firm believer that everything has a start and an end but I just really did not know. I had no idea where any of it was going. I'm like, I'm being fed by my friends, my parents, my mom was bathing me because I couldn't even really do that either. Like I couldn't do everything that I do, did now, I'm doing now, I had to relearn. Mm. Okay. And then we went to Mount Vernon because I had to do rehab to learn how to walk again. Mm -hmm. So I remember going in and I was like, I'm only going to be here for seven days. Like I literally was like, I'm, I want to go home. I don't really yeah. Okay. I remember telling my mom, my parents that I just wanted to be there for seven days. And I was like, my mom was like, okay, seven days it is. We'll pray on that. That's how long you'll be there. And um, so we got to the rehab and went through the various like steps. Um, and we were out within those seven days. Like I was determined. I was like, I am not <laughs> going to be here. And they ended up letting me leave with these little um like these braces that you put in your shoes. 
to kind of strap up to your ankle and tie it up. So forces your feet to kind of come up and down. My friends were like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, you guys are sweet. It's not cool. This is not cool. Like this is a lot of work. I had lost so much weight. I was so, so like wearing stuff from the kids section. Like, wow. And I was competing in bodybuilding prior. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to do any of that. And that was like one of the things that's like my happy place. So I was just like, I don't know what's next. But I did know when I went into the rehab where I was like, okay, the other place didn't have a date. I have a date here. Like I'm getting out in seven days. We're breaking out. I, I got to get home. And even from there, I still didn't go home. I still had to stay with my parents just because I still had to learn how to drive. I had to learn how to walk mm. I'm up steps and all of that. So it wasn't in my townhouse has steps. So it's like, they didn't want me too far away. Mm-hmm. And then I was out of work the whole time. And then on short term disability. And then I finally started to slowly get back into things. And then once I got the clearance, I kind of just started to do little things to get my feet working again. My mom is like, she's like her own personal therapy person, like as far as her physical therapy, like she has all the gadgets. So I was just always using the bands on my feet. I would write the same sentence each day to try to just kind of retrain myself to learn how to write. And then also while I was in the hospital, it's humbling when you have like your friends feeding you because you can't hold, you didn't have like the grip to hold. So it's really humbling. And then you also see like who's around you, like who's there and who folds. And honestly, no one really folded. They all kind of were like, let's do what we need to do. So, and I know it was shocking and it's still traumatizing for them because if I'm like too quiet, they're like, what? Yeah. And I'm like. (laughs) decompress I'm okay so so that's like the overall experience in a nutshell and then like I will say after I got home from my parents house I still had to go to outpatient therapy I went to that for a little bit and then I was finally cleared to go back to the gym took some time to kind of rebuild got right back on it and I was telling my parents I was like I feel like a superhero now because it's like I got completely broken down and then now I'm like rebuilding yeah so, and then I was back, able to compete. I competed that following year in March. That following year? hmm I was determined. I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how, how long were you um, with your parents after? Or I want to say it was about two to three weeks. It was about two to three weeks. Like, so okay. I didn't get back home until September. Okay. And like, I have a cat at home too. So that was one of the things It was like, someone had asked, they were like, has anyone checked on the cat? Cause they were so concerned and like, mm-hmm. I remember when they said my dad went to the house and he's like howling. So <laughs> it's like, feed me. Yeah. <laughs> he has a complex now. So it's like, I always, you know, I'm like, I'll be back because okay. he was like abandoned for a whole couple months. He's like, oh, <laughs> so literally now I'm always like, I'll be back. He comes straight to the other. Then he kind of like goes back to his little area. So what about your parents? Because I know they had to be going through. It scared them. It definitely, um, it scared them. And I believe it brought us all closer just because it's like, I'm an only child. So that kind of oh. context where it's just one of those things to where, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I can only imagine like whether you have one or two or however many you have, one goes down. I couldn't imagine like the weight. Like I'm sure the weight was heavy because you never know if like 
because they put me from what I know in an induced coma because they needed me to stay still. Mm-hmm. So, but still with that, you still never know if a person's going to come out. Yeah. And do you have any long-term um, effects from it, from the? Um, just the asthma. So I still have to get um, asthma shots every eight weeks and then still check in with a pulmonologist just to kind of make sure everything's good. But other than that, back in the gym, doing everything, I have a little um, scar on my neck where they did the procedure. It's like a paw. So I'm like, a, I feel like I'm a cat. <laughs> I came back from another life. <laughs> so it's like a little, it's a little scar on the bottom of my neck. So th- before this, what was your relationship with God like? And did it, did it change at all? Um, <clears throat> before it was still pretty steady because my parents always instilled like that relationship with God. But I feel like it got stronger. Because I feel like when you're in a room and you don't know when you're leaving and you're really still trying to process everything around you, like you have to find something to center yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, he was definitely my source of advice center. Mm. So was there ever like any anger or was it just like, what, what did your relationship look like? What did the conversations look like? I know one question I always ask is, when was I going home? people wanted to get out of there (laughs) where am I going home um no I wasn't I mean I wasn't angry I just didn't understand um and even to this day I still don't understand but I think if anything that I've learned from it um is it does make you you can go through things and you can recover and bounce back Mm -hmm. so I feel like that piece of it kind of made me stronger and then just seeing my body transform from being told that I couldn't walk having to learn how to read just being that um focused on getting back to what I know that to me is only only God can kind of give you that strength and that's nothing that I can achieve on my own yeah so do you have a new normal or have you just we just back to back to our old normal. <laughs> no, I think my new normal now is that I definitely make more intention to spend time with God. I can't admit prior to that, it was kind of like I was spending time, but I don't think I was spending as much intentional time as I do now. So now I have like, I journal more. And that was one way that helped me process was just to journal. I'm not much of a talker um, when it comes to offloading my feelings. I'm definitely an internalizer and I keep it in. So, but the way for me to get it out is to write. So I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of journaling and I still do it now. So it's like, I get up in the morning, I have a gratitude journal, three things that I'm grateful for, three things that I want to have to have happen a day, and then some positive affirmations. And then I read through like three different devotionals and then listen to a sermon. So it's like a full routine before I can even people. Cause I'm like, I need that. Or I'm not. And then the days that I do miss it, I can tell because I'm not. I'm kind of just like floating through the day as opposed to being guided through the day. Wow, that's good. Has this um, experience, how has it affected your friends? I know you said you knew some who fell off and the ones that were there. Has this brought them closer to their faith or have you guys discussed it? Um, Be the faith experience of? Um, 
I believe it brought them closer to their faith. And I think they, I know it scared the living daylights out of them because I can't even imagine. Like I've never had anyone to me kind of go down like that as a friend. Like I wouldn't even know how, what to, how to react on the opposite side looking at that. Um, so I do believe it helped them as well. And then, then just seeing that what God can do and turn something around and knowing it's a living and breathing example. Um, I know one of my best friend in particular, I know she's had some people tell her like, oh, Leslie always seems like she gets what she wants. And she's like, you have no idea what that girl's gone through. She mm. works for it. Like it's not handed to her. It may, I may show you the cliff notes, the highlights, but there's a lot, a lot of lows in the background. Yeah. So it's just, I think it just kind of just shows them that, you know, have faith and things will work out, but it's going to take work. You have to do your part as well. Yeah, I agree. So Pastor shared that, uh, that your father also got sick. So is, because it, does it change beyond the other side of the bed? It's hard. It is very, very hard. Um, he's still, he's still fighting right now. Um, so it's one of those things to where it's hard to see because we were actually, the hardest part was he actually had to be put on ECMO too. So I never saw the machine before because oh, wow. I, I was on it. By the time I woke up, it's out of the room because they don't keep you on it long. It's okay. a tip that's really short, but um, he was on it and that broke me down. And it was mm -hmm. a lot going on because that weekend, it was Thanksgiving weekend. My birthday's was the 27th. He went down on the 26th. So it was like that whole weekend, even now yeah. my friends are like, are we celebrating your birthdays? I'm like, nope, absolutely not. Cause I'm still in the midst of that storm and I just can't get my head around it. But um, seeing him on ECMO, I I remember my them tell my mom being like, I had to kind of go back to the, I had to kind of leave the scene cause I couldn't see it on the other side. And even the hospital staff was saying that, um, they don't know two family members that have been on that machine. Like it's not a machine that you just, that's a common procedure. Right. So it's definitely hard. It's so hard to do. I mean, I see him mainly on the weekends just my work schedule, but when I was, had a different job, I was seeing him a lot off, more often, but seeing him like that is, it's hard. Very, very hard. Are you able to, because of gone through this, are you able to help your mom a little more? You think with just I don't know, I don't know if processing is the right word because she's seen her her baby and now her husband mm -hmm. in this situation. Do you think that you're able to just help her out a little more, just support? I mean, support in general because you're there. Mm -hmm. But I um yeah, I can't imagine what your mom, you know. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine doing it twice, yeah. like, or even once. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that um, we've definitely grown closer. She's my best friend. Like, I'm yeah. daddy's girl. Everyone knows that. But um, still ain't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're always daddy's girl. Right? Always daddy's girl. Um, but it's definitely brought us a lot closer. And we talk about a lot more. She sees that in me where I'm. Because one thing I know that um, that I've told people, I'm like, he did it for me. I believe he can do it for my dad. So that's kind of one of those things to where I'm holding true to that. So I'm a living example that it can. Granted, our illness, illnesses are completely different, 
But at the end of the day, the source is the same. Amen. So I always hold true to that. So whenever uh, my mom and I have conversations, I'm always like, nope, it's going to be fine. And I say it with confidence because that's all I believe. Like I don't have any reason to feel it doesn't, it won't be. So I kind of, we just kind of feed off each other. I'm always there for her whenever she wants to just talk. I listen. It's definitely taught me to be more attentive and listen, listen to hear as opposed to listen to respond. So it's just kind of like taught me more about myself on a different side that I didn't know I had within me. So it's one of those things to where you don't know until you're in something, what type of strength you have. Cause yeah. I don't, I'd never like, we've been in this for now, almost three months. Well, actually no, three months. So we we're we're okay as we can be within it, yeah. but we're doing better than when we started. Yeah. So did, so did your mother use the same strategy um, again, people to come and pray and it's her process still the same. Yeah. Her process is still the same. Um, the weekend it happened when I, the same group of friends that were there for me, they showed, they dropped everything. And it's a holiday. That was Thanksgiving weekend. And it was most of were out of town, but everybody was in town this year. Um, and they all came to the hospital on Friday, on Saturday. We were there from, I want to say like two to 10, it was late. We stayed all, they stayed all the way through until his, his surgery was complete or the, the first procedure, first set of surgeries were complete. We came back Sunday, he had to get another procedure. I sent out a message, they all showed up. Like not at people just hopped up. One, I know one was I think doing cardio. She just jumped off the treadmill and came straight. Like, <laughs> so it's just one of those things. And then same thing with his um, friends, they have been coming continuously through to the hospital and checking. Um, our neighbors came. We essentially had the whole waiting room unlocked that day everyone stayed as long as they could um and then people would kind of come periodically as they could and then they still just check in my friends still check in we're on a group chat his friends still come by yeah so it hasn't it hasn't stopped and everyone's just praying so do you have advice for somebody like on both sides Mm -hmm. what what advice would you give um if I had to give some advice I would say process your feelings don't ignore them um that was one of the things that I did do prior to getting sick myself I would kind of just ignore things that's why I still think when I process stuff sometimes it's not hitting as deep as it can but like with now if I have to cry I cry like I just don't hold it in because it's like if it you hold it in if it's going to find a way out somehow Mm-hmm. so if anything I could say is process your feelings have that quiet time with God I think I I feel like I have him on the main line and he's like I got it I know what you want <laughs> like I hear you because <laughs> I'm talking to him all day and then I even started to put little notes in my phone of little things like it doesn't like I have a gratitude log in my phone so on the days to where I feel like it's not a good day, like nothing's going right. I can go back and look at my phone and it can be small things like, oh, it was a smooth day at work. I did well, I led a meeting well. And then like, then I have a log for my dad 
of his things. So I kind of log each day because it's a lot of information to kind yeah. of like keep. And it helps also with my mom. So anytime the doctors are saying things, I'm always like, I'm going to log that. And then also anytime that he's making progress, I log that. Um, and it's just one of those things, like I said, get process your emotions, process the wins, process the loss. It's the, like, it's okay. And being okay with where you are and not knowing the next step and really trusting that God has you on the path for a reason. And don't question it. Cause it's like, I feel I'm an anxious person by nature, but I feel like my anxiety is starting to slowly go down because in this scenario that I'm in now, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to me spinning in circles, trying to figure it out and go through those emotions twice. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stick with the present. So if any advice I could tell a person is process your emotions, stick with your, pre- like stay in the present. Don't go too far because you just don't know and you don't want to have those feelings twice and then turn out what you're feeling really actually not even going to happen. And just talk to God. I mean, even if it's in your head, like I can't tell you how many times I'll be like, thank you, God. Yeah. (laughs) Like it'll just be a conversation out loud or in my head or I write it down, but talk to him. Because if you don't, you're just going to, it's, I don't see any other way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how old were you when this happened? 2016. What? The 2016, I was, what am I? I'm 40 now. I cannot do my math. Don't worry, because I can't do it either, girl. 36. Calculator. I was in my mid 30s. <laughs> yeah, mid 30s. I don't know. I just wonder what age where we experienced it. Eight years. Yeah. I'd be 32. It was eight years, right? I don't know. You the math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven years. Four and three is seven. Yeah. 33. Yeah. All right. So how how do you process? Are you processing like getting information? Because I know if you're with your mother, you probably want to be strong for her so are you processing in the moment and if so how are you doing that um I'm doing better now that first weekend what nothing sticking it was just a lot I felt like if I could cry a river it was so many tears and it's still tears now like it doesn't yeah. stop um but I was like and then I was like nope mm-mm, mm-mm, this not a- it was so hard to hear because I felt like every report was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I had to eventually come to terms to, I have to hear this because mm-hmm. otherwise I won't know. And then I also, I know with my mom like, having to explain it twice, that puts her through it more yeah. than she cares to bear it. So on the conversations that I am privy to, I now I speak up more. I ask certain questions that I want to know answers to. And even if they're hard questions, I just want to know. It's, I rather ask. Mm-hmm. But I think now I process it as like, okay, that's the answer. I hear you, but God is in control. Like I, that's pretty much been my response to everything. I'm like, I hear you. But, but it doesn't negate the fact that I don't know what's going on at the same time. Like I do, I'm fully aware of how serious it is, but I also still believe anything's possible. Amen. Got history. Yeah. 
Track yeah. record. Track record with the man up there. He's just yeah. Got a little paw print on my neck. Right. Got everything. Yeah. My cat came back. <laughs> yeah, that is me right now. My sister from yesterday. They said they can't help her. And so Tiffany that's where I'm right now. And so I'm just trying to figure out how do I process? I don't, I don't know. So. And that's okay not to know. To be yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that is that, and that's honest. You don't have, sometimes you don't have to know. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I feel like just in general society, like we always feel like we need to know. We need to know what's next. We need it now. Yeah. We need it. We need everything. And then it's like, you have so much access to information. And sometimes that information is not always what you need in that moment. Right. So being okay with not knowing mm -hmm. is okay. Yeah. And that's what I'm starting to learn because I feel like if we knew what was coming, we would change the plan. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we're not in control of the plan. Yeah. So I feel like we need to just trust where, trust where you are and it's okay. Um, and just one day at a time. And sometimes one second, one minute, one hour, it doesn't need yep. to all be figured out. Like there's days where I can say, I'll wake up and cry because I miss my dad so much. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have this picture on my phone and sometimes it's hard to look at that. Mm -hmm. um, but say a little prayer, get, get in your quiet space, mm -hmm. ask for that strength. And then you'll feel that burden, like you'll feel the heaviness kind of lift. And it takes time. It's yeah. not going to be fixed in a day. And I think once you understand that it's not going to be an overnight fix, mm -hmm. the journey and the walk will get a little easier day by day. Yeah. Um, Tiffany did say she was gonna cry, let's say at the beginning. <laughs> Astra warned us. Um Tiffany share, you know, she's dealing with her sister. Um, and I, I lost my father three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And so I was pastors like, get your tissues. And, you know, and Tiffany just saying processing, I'm going through where I'm processed. I'm trying to process, but I haven't cried. Mm -hmm. And I knew my father, he was in hospice. So we were planning, but I still, you know, so that, that's what I'm going through is figuring out how to process this is is it okay that I'm not crying and, and mo like I feel it, mm -hmm. but so I held I held my end. I said I wasn't gonna cry. Tiffany did so. <laughs> That's well, what we are. I mean, I'm a we all I cry, cry for somebody else's story. Like I'm gonna right. cry. We all we all a mess. <laughs> right. That's why I was like I'm not the person that should be in the hospital because I'm like very emotional. But but it's okay. You know. It's yeah. Okay. It's okay to be that person. It's okay. If feel we feel it. Yeah. I just nothing wrong with me. Right. Cause even like for me, my dad is in like the furthest room back. There's so many rooms I have to pass mm. before I even get to him. And everyone is so incredibly sick in there. So you can feel it when you're walking through that hallway. And even when he was at Inova. My mom and I would be like, in the morning, we'd be like, hello, we would just do our little thing, go back and forth, crack jokes. But the second we pulled into that parking lot, the weight, mm -hmm. 
it just, it's heavy walking down the hall, getting the badge. Cause you just don't know what you're going to walk into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, even now he's in a different location and I have to like pray up walking down the hall, pray up just, and I don't even look in the rooms and sometimes I feel bad not looking in the rooms, but it's just like, I don't have the capacity to try to focus on you. Yeah. I just, I just tunnel vision it down that hallway so fast, but you feel it. And then um, when we were in the hospital, you're hearing the news from other families. You're seeing what they're going through. They're crying. It's so many emotions. So when I leave, I'm so drained mm. to where I don't want to talk. Yeah. And at first I thought I was like bad that I didn't want to talk, but I'm starting to be okay with silence mm-hmm. and just being okay with being still because for some talking is therapeutic. For me, it's not. Mm. So it's just like, I'm better in just sitting and I've had to set boundaries, not because um, I don't want anyone to check on me, but I've had to just say, if I'm quiet, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, and that's one of the things I would also give advice. If you don't want to talk, be okay with telling someone, you know what? I appreciate your concern, but right now I can't talk about this. And just honor how you feel. Don't always feel like you're, just because someone asks you owe them that, because every time you talk, you're reliving it and you're kind of, yeah. unraveling in the process so it's like keep yourself forefront so take care that's the one thing they always told us this yeah. nursing staff take care of yourself mm-hmm. it's not um like I know I would feel sometimes like I was abandoning my dad when I would um leave and go to the gym or go do something else because I wasn't there mm-hmm. and it took a second because mm-hmm. I was like I gotta be there I gotta be there every second but it was it's there's a balance because it's going to take, it's a lot of emotional like deposit that you have to put in and you need. So the gym for me fills me up so then I can go in and take it. But if I don't have somewhere where I can kind of like dump, whether it's in the gym or journaling, because it's not going to be me talking to someone because I just don't want to put that on someone else. Cause I know with my dad's situation, it's triggered a lot of my friends. Okay. So it's like, I don't want them to be on. I'm like, we all can't unravel. Like, come on, you guys. <laughs> I need y'all. <laughs> Gotta keep it together. So I'm careful about what I share, but most of the time it's more so because I don't want to live it each time by having the conversation. So honor your feelings. If you don't want to talk about it, don't. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah cool. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect person to talk to about it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if we have any questions. I think, no, I think that was, I don't know. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I do have, okay. So one of the questions was, what do, what do I do if I can't see God? Like if you can't, cause all of the information, like, like God, like, where are you? I felt that way. I've definitely, and sometimes I still, I still do. Um, don't take his silence as him not being there. Mm-hmm. Good. It's one of those things where just because he's quiet, it doesn't mean he's not there. Mm-hmm. 
He's always there. He knows exactly what you need. He already knew before anything happened. And he knows exactly how it's going to end up turning out. So just, it's one of those got to be still. Just try to find a way to ground yourself and be still because he's not, he's not going to leave you. That's good. I don't know how to end it. <laughs> we haven't we haven't perfected our ending yet. <laughs> well, I know how I wanted to end it. I just don't know um, if you'll be comfortable doing it. So what I wanted to ask if um for somebody like either on either side of the bed, whether they're in the bed or if they're um I don't know. They love, yeah, is on the other side. Um, would you be willing to like pray for them now? Like, and that would be like how we close the podcast. You want me to pray? Yeah. <laughs> it always makes me think of like dinners, and we're like, who's gonna pray? And I'm like, there's three of us. Like, uh huh. Daddy, you do it. Like, <laughs> but usually, when you go through something, you have a a, a certain um. I don't know, grace, anointing, I don't know, for this situation. Because I, I think when you go through something, you have the language for it, if that makes sense. Give it a try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Conversation with you and God. Okay. And Tiffany, Tiffany, what's your sister's name? Ebony. Ebony. Okay. All right. Here we go. Father God, we come to you today. Um, First, I want to say thank you for bringing the three of us together yes. to where we were able to share our stories and just, you know, chop it up and talk with one another. You never know what you can, who you can relate to until you start talking and having a conversation. And I feel that you put all of us in each other's lives and in each other's paths for a reason so that we can all deposit something into one another. And within today's conversation, um, it was exposed that Tiffany's going through something with her sister, Ebony. And Lord, only you know what exactly Tiffany needs and you know exactly what Ebony needs. Yes. And being that you know this, we just want to ask you to help those around that don't know, help us to be, give us the strength to trust, give us the strength to be still and allow you to do the work. Allow, you, allow us to step back and allow you to take control because we know that only you are the writer of this story and we are just the characters within. So God, I ask that you give Tiffany strength, you give her family strength, you give Ebony strength. We hear what the doctors say, but at the end of the day, you are our doctor. Yes, and Lord. with that being said, Lord, please protect us, guide us, and continue to lift us up. But we know without you, we can't do what we do. And with that, thank you, God. We love you. Father God, amen. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast, to share your testimony. This was good. So yes. girl, girl talk. Left. I know. I'm like, can we do this weekly? I know. Like, I know. It's like I want to have some more questions. I feel like so I'm glad like, I chat. I'm glad yeah, Pastor like, wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right. Like we kind of just started the conversation. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad I finally got to hear your story from you. You know, like I said, we care about it and stuff, but that, yeah. that, that was a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's still, it's still one of those surreal things where you're like, hmm? really? <laughs> but it definitely like, it's, it gives you a new perspective. Like you don't, you cherish life, you cherish your family, you cherish experiences because you just never know. Right. And the same thing like with parents, family, siblings, it's one of those things, cherish every single moment because you just, you never know. And you wonder why God chooses who he chooses to go through these things, you know? Yeah, that's so. definitely, yeah. But I feel that he gives you the tools. Yeah. And that, and it's like the tools are not going to all be there at the beginning. Cause when I tell you when it first happened, I was sleeping in my mom, my parents, I had reverted back to a kid. I was sleeping in the bed with my mom. Like I would not go into the room my dad was in. I would not go to the bathroom he was in. I would go downstairs to the basement to shower. It was that bad. Like I just, cause it was like, I remember him in the chair, like just the night before. And I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. Cause I was right. supposed to go to Jamaica for my birthday. And we canceled it. Like everyone, we canceled the trip, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, okay, I'll see you. And I was like, and then I'll see you Sunday for my birthday. He's like, okay. But then I got that call. I was like, in the morning, I was doing, I was listening to my sermon and then it stopped. And I was like, why did it stop? And it was my mom calling me. Oh, yeah. So, so it's just one of those things. You get sick at home. Mm -hmm. Your father got sick at home. Yeah, it happened in the morning. Um, my mom found him. And then um, even for her, she was like, that was a very hard phone call for her to make to me. Um, and my dad's been sick before, so I've seen him in and out of the hospital. But this, yeah. no, because he's he's unrecognizable at this point. Mm -hmm. I know he's there, but it's just like, it's a different, because he's not, yeah, it's different. Like, he's not talking to me. I'm like, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, wait, I literally every day, I'm like, you got to wake up. <laughs> My mom laughs at me. No, but that, you know, but talk to him like that. So that's what yeah. I talk to him. Yeah, but that's what I did. You know, I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, and I believe they hear us. Yes. And, I, yeah. believe, and I, I think that's good for them, that, for us to have that, you know, that energy to be ourselves and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one, like I said, one day at a time. One day at a time. Like I said, there's some mornings I'm like, and even sometimes in the middle of the day, I'm like, because I just started a new job. So it's like, they don't know anything that's going on. So trying oh, to like. Yeah. <laughs> <the balance. laughs> Where I'm like tech, getting texts from my mom. And I'm like, hmm, what's going on? Thankfully, mm -hmm. I'm at home. So they don't see anything. And I'm not in the office for more than like six hours. So they don't. Yeah. But it's like, it's hard navigating because now. My pre previous job, I was able to be in the office or be at the hospital more because we didn't have as many meetings. But it's a little hard. I'm still new, so I don't want to be moving around too much. Yeah. So I only get to go on the weekends. And my first week was hard because I didn't see, I was so used to seeing him every day. And then I only saw him on like Saturday. So that week I was like, this is rough. Do you go alone or do you go with your mom? I go with my mom. Um, I'm too fidgety. Like she left me one time, like when she, he was over at, I know because he's in DC now. Okay. And she went to like a yoga class 
And he kept like, he was like raising out of the bed the second she left. And I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm. nope. She was like, I know you can't spend the night because they're going to have you in another bed in another room. <laughs> I was the same way. I would, because my, my father was in Florida and mm. I would go down and visit him. He had been sick a while. I would go down and visit and my siblings would leave me. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never, I haven't, like, I've gotten there before her. Um, for the, when he's at in DC, you know, we always go together just because it's easier to one car and everything. And I always drive them. I give her a break and just drive over the weekends. So since she drives in all week, but yeah, no, I don't go by myself. It's, I just, it's so hard because I'm like, is he going to break? What is he doing right now? And then I'm like, nurse. <laughs> they're like he's fine I'm like are you sure so I yeah. I'm too fidgety like I know nursing was not my ministry like that is not my calling so mm -hmm. definitely yeah but yeah, yeah just keep that keep that energy that happy spirit because yeah. he hears you yeah he hears you same with you too mm -hmm. your yes. same self Ron just says be your same self even I mean if you got to be emotional it's okay no. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I know you're a big support, your sister. I know you're back and forth helping and stuff. So, yeah. 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 And like mm -hmm. I said, the doctors, they're just messengers yep. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that the message is not always right. Like, it's it's not. So, just yeah, I don't remember who the messenger is. Yeah, I don't believe that they're right. It's just, but it's like, I have faith, but this is still reality. Right. Um, and <clears throat> just to see it is, is, is crazy. And it's like every time it's like something else, something else. Mm -hmm. And then I'm the one at the hospital. So then I got to tell, you know, somebody. Yeah. And it's just, and she doesn't really want to share. So she hasn't shared, you know, her diagnosis with like anybody other than me and my mother, really. Mm -hmm. And so... It's like, well, how much do I share? <laughs> um, and then, you know, some family members, you just don't want to share because, you know, they're going to share with their, yeah, they're going to share with their not, not even that, because you're trying to be a Christian and, you know, <laughs> they're going to make me say something. <laughs> so, I was telling my best friend that. I was like, sometimes yeah. I don't talk just because you have to sometimes decipher what the person's saying to you, mm -hmm. saying back. So it's like, they were probably saying with good intentions, but if it's not what you want to hear, you're like, mm -hmm. so right. you just, so I'm like to protect any kind of that kind of energy, just watch, I just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things to where, cause I've had people ask me certain questions um, or they'll just go dive right on it. And they're like, is he awake now? And I'm like, okay, hi, how are you? <laughs> right. How is your day going? Like, <laughs> Let's, let's back this up a little bit. So my phrase has just been, he's hanging in there. Like that's pretty much all the things that I've said. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to go any deeper. Yeah. But again, just take care of yourself. Cause yeah. if you don't take care of you, you're not going to be able to have the strength to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to try to process. Um, cause I just been doing stuff like, well, let me mm -hmm. pray. Let me you know, find some healing scriptures. And so I think um, since this actually got me out of the hospital, um, I think I'm gonna just sit. And yeah, sit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right where you are. We get off, just stay right there. <laughs> yeah. 
just sit, Thanks. probably sleep, like do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because I know you're probably tired because being in the hospital is a tiring. It's draining. Yeah. And then I came and I forgot that the nurse said it was going to snow and I came out to a whole blizzard. I was like, I cannot even see to get home. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm used to being in D.C. It's not cold, but it's cold out here. <laughs> so I left my jacket in the car. I was, I was freezing. I'm like, this is crazy. But then I just kept leaving, like, going, well, let me not talk in front of her because I don't know. Because she's not talking. She's not asleep, but she's not talking. <laughs> so she's acting like she's asleep because um, she don't want to talk. And so... Um, so I haven't been talking to her. So I think when I go back tomorrow, I'll just, you know, even if it's by myself, I'll just talk to her just like, you know, just regular. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell her about your day. Mm-hmm. Tell her about what's going on with you. Like just have a regular, like, I feel it's always like, you don't know what to talk about. Right. You don't know what to say. Cause you don't want to trigger something, but just be like how you were before. They're still the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. she talked a little bit yesterday and I was like, how are you? She was like, um, she was like, I don't know. Cause they, they saying all this stuff. So I don't know. And I'm like, I'm not really talking about what they said. I'm like, how are you? feeling? And then she just stopped talking. She's processing too. Yeah. And it's probably hard for her to process it too. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's been a journey since 2019 like so breast cancer then bone cancer now it's a liver and it's yeah but even the doctor said she's looking for a miracle I was like (laughs) and tell her there's one possible you know right there's one possible I mean I think every time I talked to that doctor she was saying something crazy to me she was like well because she had bone cancer she was like well it's stage four she need her bone marrow to come back and I don't think it's gonna happen but we're gonna try I'm like, all I need to know is where we need to pray. <laughs> and it's, so like last month, she was like, her bone marrow is regenerating. And so now this month, I don't, I don't know. And so like you said, he did it before and I'm just trusting he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that piece. Cause I know there was one doctor we avoided. Like I would avoid the hallway. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> I called him Dr. Bad News. Like every time I saw this man, nothing good to say. And I think he knew because I would like turn around really fast. And at one point I couldn't turn because it was just the two of us. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to stare at a wall. So, (laughs) but at the end of the day, I'm like, he's just doing his job. He wants the best outcome as well. But he also is responsible for delivering information. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once you can try to separate it. Yeah. No, she was good when I talked to her yesterday. She she was different. And I think it's a, she was like, you know, I've been her doctor for so long. She was like, and I can't imagine, like, it's hard for me now. And she's like, I love her. <laughs> like, Dr. Dar is talking about emotions. <laughs> like, right. what is happening? <laughs> she was like, I, and I don't even know if the lady even believe in God, but she like, I like, I'm doing stuff, like hope, like, and waiting for a miracle. And I'm like, well, all right, Dr. Dar. Right. <laughs> It's definitely possible. Don't give up on that. Yeah. And I'll definitely be praying for you and your sister and Leslie, same with you and your dad and mom. You know, and it's, you know, it's like 
sometimes you don't want to talk about it, but it's good to share. Because yeah. mm -hmm. you never know. I, I didn't know you were in New York, but now I know. And now I know why you're up there. So I'll definitely be praying. Yeah. You know, like you said, you shared a little bit a couple months ago about your sister with me and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think I am going to leave um, on Friday. I think I need to leave. Yeah, and be okay. As long as, as, long as I'm here, nobody else is going to go. And so, yeah. Be okay with it. Like I said, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. She's in God's hand and take care of you. You, You've doing everything a sister is supposed to do going above and beyond. So there's nothing that you should be upset mm -hmm. about or mad. You, you're doing, mm -hmm. we're doing it. So, yeah. All right, y'all about to make me cry. Shoot, I'm good. <laughs> Begin breakthrough. Grocery <laughs> <Make me> shopping. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thank y'all. Definitely. My mini therapy session. Hey, <laughs> I'm listen, all, I'm all red. <laughs> what did you, you have, have my number? So if you need it to, if you want to just, you know, reach out, if you, you always reach out and I'll be, I'll check on you too. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you get back in town and you just want to get out with somebody, just let me know. I'm, I'm actually free this weekend. So. No pressure, though. I understand. <laughs> but thanks, Leslie. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to process my own emotions mm -hmm. without worrying about anybody else. And see what. One day at a time. Yeah. Not really sure how to do that. But I think I did bring my journal for this very reason. So I think mm -hmm. I'm going to start there. Um. And probably just try to take the pressure off that I have to do something. Like I should be like warring in prayer right now. Like um, I'm I'm gonna just take all that stuff off. And just... God knows your heart. He knows yeah. already. Mm -hmm. So just rest. Just rest in Him. Yeah. Just yep. and start thanking Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how the, the prayers end up going. <laughs> like, Cause I've been like trying to follow this axe thing and it doesn't work for me. Um because <laughs> I pray how I pray. Um and so yeah, yeah. It's it's all a process, but thank you for listening to the Heart's Cry podcast. I'm Minister Tish and I'm Tiffany. Until next time.